0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of the All Hoops podcast. I'm Steven Inman, and I'm joined by my co-host and producer, Chris Brito. With just two weeks to go before a brand new NBA season, Chris and I will discuss the most interesting over-unders for the Eastern Conference. Plus, We'll tell you our eight Eastern Conference playoff teams and break down Kevin Durant's comments about the poor Knicks. Lots to get to, but before we get to all that, Chris, how are you?
1: Hey, buddy. There's a lot to discuss today. Um, I'm happy to talk about the NBA, happy to talk about the Eastern Conference and our Knicks, especially RJ Barrett. We we actually saw the first preseason game a few days ago, and I'm impressed so far. Anyways... (laughs) for the rest of the eastern conference it's a mixed bag we pretty much know who's going and then a bunch a, a few of teams who are pretty much wild cards um we're going to get to that in a bit uh, let's discuss some of the over unders that we were talking about um i know you wrote something up a few days ago about you know who you think will go over under in the eastern conference and you surprisingly have the hawks in that list yeah.
0: yeah, Chris, a little uh, shameless plug for myself on the new site, nj.com slash bangs. 2020 <laughs> NBA odds and predictions. We did the Eastern Conference. Western Conference will come out later this week. And uh, I started with the Hawks to me. This was, uh, I just love what they did last year to end the season. Trey Young really came into his own. You know, John Collins is a really good player, Chris, and, you know, a really underrated player. And he's in his, you know, early 20s still. You know, they added, you know, multiple top 10 draft picks. You know, I, I I have high hopes for Cam Reddish. DeAndre Hunter is gonna be a guy who's gonna be really really uh, a solid player in this league. And you know, their over under was thirty two and a half, Chris. So it's uh, they had to win five more games than last year. I think they could easily do that.
1: Yeah, especially with an improved roster, I can totally see that happening. Um, but interestingly enough, um, another team that made it over your on your over list um, are the Knicks and Nets. We both have those two guys. Both, both those two teams. We actually think – I don't know if it's the inner fan in us or the inner better in us, but we definitely think the Knicks could could definitely have more than 26 wins this year.
0: Yeah, um, I don't think it's to be by much, but they're clearly not trying to tank. They brought in a lot of veteran guys you saw in the first preseason game. Uh, you know, it's a totally new starting lineup. R.J. Barrett looks like a guy who's going to really be able to contribute you know, he's, he's going to have his issues with efficiency and, you know, pa- making the right passes, but he's still, a, you know, a guy who's going to help this team. Julius Randle's the guy who's going to help this team. Marcus Morris is the guy who's going to help this team. Um, if Dennis Smith is not taking a step forward, Alfred Payton's going to play a lot more. So I really believe this is probably more of a 30-win team. You know, not a team that's going to compete for the playoffs by any means, but definitely 26-and-a-half is very doable unless, you know, injuries come where they decide to trade, you know, blow it, blow it all up in February.
1: Yeah, and I, I agree with that. And the Nets also, um, just because of the way they have they have depth, you know, they don't have KD right now, but this is essentially the same team. If you can expect a jump from Karis LeVert, um, you know, more motivated Kyrie Irving this year, you know, I, I, I see them winning more than 45, uh, 46 games anyway um i a, a team that i don't think well a lot of people are sleeping on i feel are the celtics um they're not going to be better than the raptors they're not going to be better than the sixers or or the bucks um but i think they could actually beat that 48 record, 48 win 48 and a half you know over and under um you know you, you'll have someone like kemba who's actually there you'll have you know, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown with, and Marcus Smart with some uh, USA Olympics experience, I think these are contributing factors that will make them a
0: better team. And Chris, a lot of Celtics players and media are all saying Gordon Hayward looks like back to his old self, And everyone's going to say, hey, this guy's in the best shape of his life in the preseason in, in every sport. But if Gordon Hayward is 90% of what he was, this is a totally different Celtics team.
1: Yeah, um, the only problem with problem, right? In quotes, is that where are you going to find time for uh, Gordon Hayward? You know, there's like there's almost like a guard backlog there. But there's totally a
0: a guard backlog there. But you know, Jalen. It's not for us to figure out. Jalen (laughs) Brown, you know, he's a guy who, you know, he didn't really progress as well as I think Celtics people hoped last year. So if you know Hayward could eat into his minutes, you know, they can move Tatum around. Um, they could also, you know, play some of those play some of those guys kinda of in a point guard ish role. So yeah. I would I would think that um, there will be minutes for all of those guys if they perform.
1: Agreed. Agreed. Um, you also interestingly enough had the wizards, um, but you have them as an under. Yeah. Why is that? Well why is that so
0: no one really has picked up on this, but they're one of the biggest dumpster fires in the entire sport. They're 28.5 as they're over-under. They have Bradley Beal, who's a magnificent, wonderful player. And they offered him a mega three-year extension. It's been sitting on his desk at home for about a month, and he's like, yeah, I'm not really looking at it right now. So they can't really seem to get him to sign a big extension. John Wall's Supermax is about to begin, Chris. About to oh, begin. Jesus. Yeah. And he's not expected to play this year. You know, they already lost Isaiah Thomas. So... Where, where are the wins coming from? There's just such a small amount of talent on this team, unless, you know, one of their draft picks hits that we're not expecting. But as of right now, Chris, this is, a, this is basically a disaster.
1: Yes, yeah, Steve, but they have Thomas Bryant. So Thomas Bryant's going to be a nice little fantasy guy.
0: Uh, anybody who plays fantasy basketball, he's going to be a guy who's going to be a double-double machine. I definitely think that. But, um, and also, Chris, if, if they're 15-under at the deadline, and Brad Beal chose not to sign his extension, wouldn't they have, to, wouldn't they have to consider trading him?
1: Oh, they should. And if they, if they, they don't have Brad
0: Beal for half a year or from February on, there's zero chance they're making 28 and a half. So I would say I, under there.
1: I think that if it would, be a, it would be a crime against fans, NBA fans everywhere if they don't let Beal out of Washington. Well, um, he's, here, got, he's here, got two
0: years left on his deal. Well, and so at the deadline, on, on. if he decides I'm not signing, it's gonna be a year and a half. You really gotta move him.
1: Oh, for sure, it, it'll be Anthony Davis all over again. Yeah. But, but in in this case, I feel like Beal is maybe top three, top four in his position, and he's one of the best, if not one of the most clutch shooters in the NBA right now. And he's rotting on, he's rotting him in, in, in Washington at the moment. He might
0: be top two, Chris. Other than Harden, who would you take over? Beal at the shooting guard position.
1: I mean, maybe Clay Thompson. Okay, and he's hurt. And he's hurt. Um, maybe Damien Lillard. Well, point, if you... Okay. I, I, wouldn't take, um, I wouldn't take
0: McCollum over him.
1: That's true. Yeah, I guess he is a top three, top four guy. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, I, I, I'd
0: probably put him second right now behind Harden.
1: Yeah, okay. Fair enough.
0: But, Carry yeah, on. So we will see there. Um, we have a bunch of different ones we uh, disagreed with. You know, the Pacers, I kind of thought, you know, the under, you thought the over. We'll get to them in a bit. You know, we, we talked about the Miami Heat, uh, the Chicago Bulls. Um, but, but let's get into our evaluation of the Eastern Conference as, as itself. Chris, the, yeah, the go East for to it. me is still really, really bad. Okay. Uh, they lost Kawhi Leonard. He went to the LA Clippers. Uh, Giannis, to me, is for sure the best player out East. I don't think that's close with no Kawhi, unless Ben Simmons, who shot a three last night, uh, takes yeah. a big leap this season. I don't think anyone's really close to Giannis.
1: You know, in in terms of of Giannis, like, there's no doubt that he's probably he is the best player in the Eastern Conference or in the NBA right now. But just the way that the Sixers have retooled this season will give him fits when they, when they play each other in the Eastern Conference Finals. I'll tell you why. You know, Giannis had a lot of trouble with, with Al Horford last year. And you can make the case that if the Sixers, you know, well, obviously the Sixers got eliminated by the Raptors. But having someone like Al Horford there in, pre- in preparation for a team against the Bucks. Will help them a lot and while they didn't retool with shooting you know they have Ben Simmons who who shot a three-pointer last night in the Wells Fargo Center and the crowd went wild <laughs> but anyways you know they've retooled enough where I think they can make a, a run for it um so I think I'm actually I'm actually picking the Sixers to win the Eastern Conference Finals
0: you, you're paying them advance. to win the Eastern Conference Finals you're picking them to win the be the number one seed you're saying
1: well, to be the number one seed and eventually Okay. Win. yes. Uh, but I don't.
0: I don't. They're not my finals pick. Why don't you tell me your entire eight Eastern Conference playoff teams then, in order? Okay. Sure.
1: Sure. Okay. I have the Sixers, Bucks, Pacers, Celtics, Nets, Magic, Heat, and the Raptors. Okay.
0: Okay. So I don't. We-
1: I, I think the Raptors will have a hangover. They don't have enough. I feel. Kyle, uh, Kyle Lowry is old. Is getting older. He has a nice little deal. Not um, really. It's not really, it's not so really little.
0: Sh- and they gave him a thirty-one million dollar extension.
1: I know, okay. but they, you know, it's 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 a nice it's a nice enough deal where I don't feel like it'll be enough of incentive to like b- put up big numbers. Okay. Um,
0: That's interesting. So, um, so for me, I have the same eight as you. I think where we differ is I think the Raptors are not going to have a hangover. I think they're going to end up as like around a five seed. Look, I mean, there's no Kawhi for sure, but, you know, they're, they're getting OG back. He's going to be good. I think Pascal takes another step forward. I think with Lowry, you know, he wants to be there. He made it very clear. I don't think he's going to mail it in. I think they're going to try hard. And, um, you know, Marcus Saul's still there. He's in a contract year. It's a veteran team. You know, they have some very nice pieces. And um, I really believe they're going to be right in the thick of it in the middle of the Eastern Conference playoff race.
1: Okay, so another thing that you just said, you said Marcus Soul is in the contract year, right? Yes. So, listen, Marcus Soul just came off playing. He basically played almost a, an, an entire season. He played an entire season, and then he, played, he went to the finals, and then he played for Spain. And won the gold. This is a guy who is not young anymore. This is a guy who, I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't foresee him give, putting up big numbers for the Raptors. If, if you're counting on him to be one of the big pieces, and with Siakam, like, you know, Siakam, like in the playoffs, we really got to see the holes on his offensive game. Um, you know, the Raptors are great, and but you gotta think that Kawhi was able to draw a lot of. Was able to manufacture a lot of the offense, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. That's I, that's all I'm. I'm trying I to think say with the refs. those are
0: all very good points, but playing in the Eastern Conference every night, you're not seeing defenses like the Warriors most nights. So Pascal's still going to get his 30-point games, his 25-point games. Uh, this is not going. I mean, you know, this is not exactly you know going to be difficult for him. I believe. Yeah, On but. Most nights.
1: I mean, were, I mean, but were the Warriors, like, a great defensive team in the last, in the last finals? I mean, they weren't to, my, to me, but, I mean, that's okay, fine. Um, so we both have the Heat, interestingly enough. We have them around the same amount of spots. Um, I think it's clear that the Heat are much better than the Pistons. They have a much more balanced team.
0: I think so I, I think, think this is the year where the Pistons, you know, they're they're five five under at the deadline, and they kind of go, you know what we're what yeah. we doing, and they they trade Blake Griffin, they give up this pointless dream of trying to be an eight seed every <laughs> year. I don't understand that. We've been over it so many times. Like, why would you try to be an eight seed? It's it's no man's land in the NBA. And then I hear, I think it was the owner came out and was like. You know, re-signing Andre Drummond, who's got a $28 million player option next year, is, like, top priority for us. And uh, Oh, God. They don't, they don't fit. They've done this for years. You know, Griffin and Drummond don't fit. Drummond doesn't shoot. So, like, what are, what are you doing? And they don't have, you know, they don't have any guards. They're hoping Derrick Rose can turn back the clock like he did, you know. Oh, man. I, they, I can't stand these teams that try to do stuff like this and just try to, like, hey, we're hoping to be a 40-win team. Like, why in the world would you want that? But so I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. But yes, you were talking about the Miami Heat. And basically, I think, you know, you and I are both, you know, we we feel like this is a very solid team. They've always had a bunch of good role players that
1: they have good coaching to outperform
0: the talent on the roster. And then all of a sudden, yeah, they've added Jimmy Butler. So, and I think Jimmy Butler is perfect for this team. You and I have both been down on Butler saying, hey, like, you kind of destroyed things in Minnesota. You know, there were some questions about who was the go-to guy in Philly. There's no question about who's the go-to guy in Miami now. And, you know, don't forget, you know, they, they lost Goran Dragic for a big portion of that year. He's still a very solid player. He's going to be their starting point guard. So, you know, there's a, lot, there's a lot here and a lot of veteran talent that can help them. They, 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 they uh, I'm going to say, a five or a six seed. That I think them and Toronto are interchangeable.
1: Yeah, you know what the interesting and the interesting thing that you mentioned about Gordon Drogic? um he's on an expiring contract. So look at him to be a piece that is They almost traded him to Dallas. If, well, yeah, hold on. So look at him to be one of the pieces that as we get closer to tra- trade the trade deadline um as a way to get Chris Paul into Miami. We talked about it a few episodes ago, but that's a situation I feel like we should uh, completely monitor um the also the other thing with the heat man they're always well coached eric spolstra eric Spoelstra knows how to win and quite frankly it's the same team plus jimmy so i mean i you know they're gonna be a good team this year i don't know if they're gonna be that high but five or six like you like you have them but you know
0: i have them i have them six you have them seven i don't think that's i,
1: I see he see here's what i don't get though like you don't have you have zero confidence in the Pacers, but they figured out how to they, play without are, Oladipo. I think the
0: Heat are better than the Pacers. I don't
1: think so, oh, well, I don't think when, so. When
0: Oladipo went down, what what yes. went well for them? It was Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich became, a, Bogdanovich, he became yes. a twenty point scorer, and now he yeah. took a giant deal to go to Utah.
1: As he should. So, but you know, who is going but to they, step
0: up on this team?
1: All right. And you forget, they added Brogdon. They added um, Warren. So there's your scoring. Um, there was another dude that they added. Was it Evan, Tyreek Evans?
0: No, he's suspended. Oh, gosh. Okay, like anyways.
1: Well, anyways, you have both those guys there to, to fill in some of what Brogdon did. So I'm not to worry about the Pacers. They're also a well-coached team, and they're they're good defensively. Um, and then when Oladipo comes back, you know, that's, that's a top three, top
0: four team in the East for me. With Oladipo, to me, this is a top four team. I agree with that. I think, you know, wh- how do they finally figure out this the bonus Miles Turner situation? I think both of those guys are guys who I'm not sure they can play together. Do you stagger their minutes? It's, it's not an easy situation, and you know I don't without Oladipo, and I'm not I'm assuming he's not back until the new year. Without mm-hmm. without him, they're kind of a, a a bottom half of this playoff race team. You know they're not a top five seed.
1: I guess we shall see, sir. Um, I noticed the other, you have the net. Oh, I guess we have the Nets pretty much in the same area. You have the Celtics much higher than I do. Um. Oh, that much. I, um, three, we have third. three four.
0: I think they're the third best team. I think them and the Nets, based on how Kyrie Irving plays and how he stays healthy, those two are interchangeable. I think Miami and Toronto are interchangeable. I think uh, we both have the magic right near the end of the playoff race. I think they kind of are what they are. I don't really see much improvement unless Aaron Gordon takes another step forward or Markel Foltz can say, hey, I'm actually a really good player. Um,
1: and it... So, based on what I've heard, it looks like he's 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 ready to go. No, he's been um, ready to go. But, he's
0: hitting jumpers. and
1: Good, good. This is what I want to hear. Maybe he finally figures out the point guard situation there. And Aaron, I kid you, I, I'm thinking that Aaron Gordon this year will finally make the all-star team. Um, there's not much talent in the East anyway, but I think he'll be one of the people that will be looked at as someone who could get in that that. that the All-Star game. Let's
0: talk, let's talk Fultz for a quick minute. If I had to say right now... Go for it. If you had one bet, who starts more games for the Magic at point guard this year? Is it Markel Fultz or is it DJ Augustine?
1: You know what? Um, I think I'm going to go with Markel Fultz on that one. I, like, I have nothing to base this on. I just think that like they've been wanting to hang over the keys for a while. Otherwise, and... I don't think they have much depth behind those two guys, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Fultz on that one.
0: Okay, I'm going to say Augustine, you know, remember, you know, they relied on him heavily last year down the stretch. He hit the game winner in their first game, in that gentleman sweep to the Raptors in that first round. Huh. and That was great. You know, I think he's going to start the year as the point guard. I think their hope is they can bring along Fultz slowly with the hope that he can start games for them down the stretch, but as of right now, I think Augustine is probably, you know, they they want the experienced guy, especially when their whole other, the rest of their team is pretty much Evan Fournier and a bunch of big men. So, they need somebody to go get those guys to ball. So, right now, to me, the best guy for that is Augustine.
1: And you know what, to your point, he's also a much better shooter than Fultz is, and that team desperately needs shooting. So, I, I see your point to that. Um, but, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, you're gonna say nope.
0: something? You got it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know, if put it that I mean, I think the reason why I say Fultz is because they don't really have much depth to begin with in in the guard spot anyway. So they wouldn't be so I mean, I feel like it's a crazy organization to begin with. Um so that being said, Foltz, I feel like, will be the one manning the, manning the ship because he, he'll probably be the point guard of the future there.
0: Yeah, I, I hope so. Nobody wants to hear about a number one overall pick as a bus. And, you know, that's a team that really could use some guard talent, obviously. So uh, we hope Markel Foltz succeeds. Uh, let's get to our final thoughts, Chris. Uh, the first thing that I found most interesting is Kevin Durant is doing his radio tour in New York about signing with the Brooklyn Nets. And naturally, since nobody cares about the Nets in this town, everyone wants to know what went wrong with the Knicks. Why didn't you pick the Knicks? And he basically said, look, like, the Knicks aren't cool anymore. You know, I remember the Knicks in the finals, but a majority of the players who play in today's game don't. You know, it's been a long time, Grace. And he made some good points, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's unfortunate because you kind of hoped he'd be above all this to the point where he'd be the one trying to bring the Knicks back not saying, hey, nobody wants to play there anymore, so I'm not going to either.
1: Yeah, and the idea that he's putting this narrative out that the team isn't, like, worthy enough of any free agents is is a lie, right? Well, that's that's the way it looks. I mean, he's trying to say that nobody is interested, right? Um, Well, we know the major ones aren't interested, but I feel like it's the reason why it's not because of the Knicks, it's because of probably Dolan. Yes, but um, he's the Knicks. Right, but he's saying that they're not cool anymore. He's insinuating, like, a, you know, an honor of being part of that team. And I feel like, I guess, maybe it is connected in the way where Dolan has diminished the reputation of the team as the, you know, the last two decades. Um, I think KD is misguided. You know, I think the team is still, you know, there's a reason why the team is continuously one of the most sold out games. Sold out MSG is one of the most sold out arenas in the NBA. They always have some of the highest fan attendance numbers. Are you meaning to tell me that the Nets are cooler than the Knicks? Yeah, no. And you can and and you can't even sell out the Bar- Barclays, the much smaller Barclays. I'm so
0: excited. I hope Kevin Durant's in the building when the Knicks go to Brooklyn to play the Nets. And it's eighty percent Knicks fans. I hope that happens, see, and it's going to be amazing if that happens.
1: See, he's saying that the Knicks aren't cool anymore, he's, and he, I think he more or less insinuates the Nets are. But when have the Nets been cool in the last
0: ever? Yeah, I don't get it. Uh,
1: you know, like I can't, I can't
0: think of one.
1: Maybe Vince Carter and Jason Kidd a few like over ten years ago. I don't even. And remember you know, we're
0: was. not hating on the Nets here. I mean, we are.
1: No, 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 no. We, we both not, believe I'm, the Nets no, will be good this,
0: is, this year. Like we, we, both would pick the over on their over under. But that being said, right, it, and, it seems ludicrous to think that like people would popularity wise would pick the Nets over the Knicks.
1: Right, which is which is crazy to me. I can't think of like one. The only one great player I can think of is Jason Kidd. Right now, and 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 the Knicks have have Carmelo Anthony. Not even that far, not that long ago. And so his point to say that the Knicks aren't cool anymore is, is kind of like ridiculous to me. Because the reason why people the free agents aren't coming is because of James Dolan. And because the team has been, frankly, horrible.
0: I also found it but, interesting, Chris, that Durant said basically, when going over his summer, he didn't really consider the Knicks. He looked, at all, he looked them over for a little bit, and then quickly moved on to other teams, like the Warriors and the Nets. Yeah, And that just seems to be the opposite of what we heard all spring long from everyone we trust.
1: Yeah, I mean, everybody was saying that. Um, I wonder how much of it was a gaslight or a smoke screen. Um, you know, I having all of it. you know, <laughs> I guess, or or like, or maybe he's lying. Maybe he's trying to be cool in his own way. Um, I also thought. I, the other thing I was thinking about. You know when he said, "Oh yeah, I'm going to New York," maybe we all assumed it was Manhattan, but he really meant Brooklyn. I don't know. It just, Chris, it
0: seemed like there were just too many signs that pointed him to at least strongly considering the Knicks. You know, his his agent, Rich Kleiman, is you know of a huge Knicks fan who always tweeted out, "One day I'll run the Knicks." His best friend from his early early days in the in the league, Royal Ivy, is Knicks assistant coach. I think the Knicks hired one of his high school coaches and, you know, it just seemed like there was like so many, you know, ways for this to work. And not that we, you know, expected him to be here, but I'm very surprised for him to say, Hey, I didn't really consider it.
1: Yeah. You know what? It Hopefully it all works out for him and hopefully it'll start working out for us, but you know what? Imagine having to defend everything KD has to say. Like, like what's wrong with this guy? He was, like, tweeting out to fans, you know, talking smack to fans. I'm like, dude, like, grow up. Like, he, I know you say you don't care He's about what we say, but clearly he does.
0: Rehab. Be a good teammate.
1: Right, right, right. Be a good teammate. You know, hang out with Kyrie. You know, study planets. Start I don't plans. care. Um but I want to talk about a more serious issue that happened since our last episode. Um, You know, the Houston Rockets GM, uh, Daryl Morey, put out a tweet in support of the pro-democratic protests in Hong Kong. He quickly deleted it, but, you know, China caught wind of it, and it was horrible timing because you know, the NBA was embarking on its You know, it's annual Asia tour. You know, they had um, they have they have two games that are coming up against uh, two games coming up in China with the Nets and the Warriors. um, Two games involving both of them. And it's crazy the amount of like backlash that that it it has gone, mostly because of how the NBA has responded, because we consider the NBA to be a woke league. And all of a sudden it's not. You know, um, they pretty much they pretty much said that you know we regret what Maury said. You know, the Rockets the Rockets owner also didn't come in defense of Maury. Um, you know, eventually Adam Silver said that you know defended Maury for saying you know he supports his you know free speech, and that's great. But the NBA looks really bad. You know, the NBA supposedly. Is all about having its players and its employees at large, you know, saying what they want to say, um, respecting their, you know, freedom of speech. And here the NBA is like apparently drawing the, lo- the the line in the sand. Don't mess with the partnership in China. Don't say anything bad about China. And clearly uh, that that was a little disappointing to see, to be honest with you. Yeah,
0: crazy. It's a very complicated issue because, yes, like the NBA looks bad when they defend China with that. Because of the money situation, there's so much money to be had from you know, NBA fans in China and, and the deal with China, but at the same time, you know, the, the NBA is trying to grow out there. If China decides we're suspending you know, our relationship with the NBA, you know, there's a lot of people who work for the NBA going to lose their jobs. It's a big trickle-down effect. It comes down to more than just dollars and cents for the, for the commissioner and the owner's pockets. It's more than just money. There's so much more at stake here. And look, I mean, the Nets and Lakers are out there right now, and, you know, they can't play their game. And basically, you know, yes, at first the NBA did not do a good job. They had the two different statements, one basically saying, like, we respect Maury in, in English, and then there was more of an apologetic tone to a different, you know, one in Chinese. And, you know, people caught wind of that on social media almost immediately. Keep in mind, because, you know, in China, they don't, they're not even allowed to use players. So, basically, you know, it's, yeah. it's a very different situation for them over there. And, you know, while the government is upset, you know, not all Chinese fans feel this way. So, it's, it's a very complicated issue, obviously, and hopefully it gets resolved, you know, soon. I give Adam Silver credit for later on backing Maury and basically saying, look, like, he's one of our employees and we, we allow them all to have their own opinions, and we hope, you know, we can make this work. And, you know, I think uh, he's going to go to China and talk to Yao Ming, and Yao Ming apparently is very upset over all this. So hopefully the two of them can get together and work this out, and uh, we can continue to grow this amazing game all over the world.
1: And, you know, yeah, you're right. To credit, Credit to Adam Silver for, like, you know, trying to steady the ship after you know what was a few days of like you know really reckless like PR management I would call it um but like if you think about it who why would a league like you know the NBA have like a a, a, a political strategy you know when it's just trying to expand in China and doesn't really you know necessarily want to get involved in all that um I thought it was interesting that people like Steve Kerr and LeBron James haven't really said anything. Um, But for me, the other interesting angle of this China thing was that uh, a lot of politicians here in the NBA, uh, here in the United States, were criticizing the NBA for not standing up to China. But, like, these same people have a hard time standing up to, to other leaders, not even so far away. So I thought that was also an interesting aspect to it. Um, and now, I mean, we're even talking about Maury possibly getting fired over this, you know, like, I don't know if it's going to happen, but like the idea that one of the best GMs in the business is getting fired over, over a tweet that re- in reality, he's just supporting human rights, right? It's crazy to me.
0: Yeah, Chris, it seems like he's no longer going to be a thing where they're considering firing him. Uh, I think that there was the owner got caught liking it uh an Instagram comment saying basically that Maury's gonna get fired over this, so there was a lot of hot water going on and uh but if for some reason something did have one, Maury, I would do everything in my power you know to hope that the Knicks can move heaven and earth to bring him in because he's you know the perfect guy to r- help this rebuilding team uh try to get to the promised land he knows how to how to do that he'd done it before with Houston. And I don't think he's getting fired. I don't think – I think they're over that at this point. But if something did happen, I would hope the Knicks would be all over it.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Um, uh, Back to Knicks and back to R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett looked great the other night. He had 17 points and defended Bradley Beal really well. Um, Were you encouraged by this performance? Do you want him to play more minutes, less minutes? He, He had 39 minutes the other night. Yeah, because I love
0: ending the show on a positive note here. and This is one of the more positive things we can talk about. R.J. Barrett, you know, 17 points in his preseason debut. The 39 minutes, like you said, I find that interesting because, you know, coming off of a college season where you play, what, 30, 40 games, and he plays probably around 30 minutes, 32 minutes a night. You know, the college, a college game only 40 minutes long, so, you know, This is an uptick in minutes for him, and I find that interesting. You know, you're you're playing him this many minutes going into a full 82-game season. Not that I have a problem with it. I just find it interesting. Yeah, Uh, Maybe it's trying to get him in shape for the season, which will be very interesting. And look, like you said, he defended Brad Beal well. He made tough shots. He made good shots. He had a very nice N1 attacking the basket. He made good passes. And Chris, if we see more of this, he's going to be right up there with Zion for Rookie of the Year.
1: Yes. Finally, you have a rookie to, to be proud of. Um, so that'll do it for us, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Please follow us on Twitter and on Facebook, and make sure to tune in to the next episode of the All Hoops Podcast, where we will talk about the Western Conference and you know who we think will do well and all that stuff, and the over and unders for that too. Um, all right, thanks.